Good morning and welcome to the Meg Ellison Show. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. If you've missed any of the 4.5 hours of programming gold, that's a decimal point <laughs> as opposed to a fraction. <laughs> you can go out to WSAU.com forward slash podcasts and all of the gold is out there for your listening enjoyment. Speaking of gold, this next guest of mine, one of my most favorite people seriously in Wisconsin, I just, in, in, that I've met as a result of my involvement in the racket known as politics here in Wisconsin. So delighted to have him in my life, my friend, former uh, candidate for lieutenant governor, Will Martin, future governor of Wisconsin. Good morning, Will. How are you? <laughs> I, I like how you just slide that all in. That's yeah, I don't know how I do it, but there you go. <laughs> I, I don't know how you do it either, it's like but it's wonderful that you do. And <laughs> I'm just pleased to be a... a able to kind of join you again oh gosh you know and i it's sort of, it's sort of um mel i'm a little bit melancholy because you're not here with me in studio but we'll get through it despite i in my mind's eye i can picture your smiling face <laughs> and it's just uh, it's always nice to be in your presence but we'll we'll just we'll we'll just i know our listeners can't see either one of us ever so uh, you'll just have to close your eyes and, and picture the best right <laughs> there we go there we go and I, uh, I will definitely start hanging out with you more. Oh, good. Well, and I know, I mean, it's it's not a hop, skip, and a jump. It's more like, a, you know, a whatever. How many hey, I hours make it is Hayward it? all the time, so you know, right. uh, Wausau is a little less from Racine than uh, yeah. getting up to Hayward. So Racine, what are we talking like? Four, four point five hours? Eh. You know, Longer. it's all just a drive, right? You just get in the car. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, I always have to know in advance, how long is this going to take? I'm a very <clears throat> impatient person, so it's it's always... But it's Wisconsin. You get to see every inch of it. Yeah, that's true. You always have a positive outlook, and I for I, another reason why I adore you so much. Well, so, Will, let's talk about, you know, in our last conversations, we were talking about, you know, not an uplifting topic per se, but... Uh, talking about um, government waste and yeah, perhaps and, and just even talking about this the wasted space that is is uh, just left vacant in our right. state that is is really we won't say owned by the government it's owned by the taxpayers and right. how it can be better put to use obviously transfer it to the uh, private sector as you as you discussed and and then we would add to our tax base if we have uh, a, a business that is making money and uh, paying taxes as opposed to leaving a an empty building um talk to in addition to that about just how many and just as a refresher how many yeah. state employees are still I don't know just taking up space <laughs> is that or, a way to or not or or not taking oh, up the space. The, <laughs> that's, pun intended. That's kind of the thing. Right, so, right. Um, we, so just kind of r to run through these numbers again, um, you know, 68,000 state employees, 68,000. Um, 68,000, if you want to put it in the context of, you know, a scale. Um, so the city of Racine is the fifth largest city. Um, that's almost as many people as live in the fifth largest city in the state. Who are working on on, on the state payroll? In a, in addition, you know, uh, I did a uh, uh, I just put out a column um, at the uh, end of last year for Wisconsin Right Now, and I'm, I'm pleased to be a columnist uh, for Wisconsin Right Now. Got a chance to to lift up 
just this this crisis in waste. Um, you know, and I found out about this so much because I had run for lieutenant governor, and I knew, you know, what the norm was in terms of seeing people come to work and to go to Madison, you know, past the uh, the the uh, COVID uh, issue, you'd see so few people, and you start to talk to restaurants and find out well, they were doing poorly because people weren't coming to lunch anymore because they didn't come to work anymore. So it just it became very yes. clear that there was something going on. But out of 68,000 employees, um, m- many of those folks were located in Madison, um, uh, others uh, located in Milwaukee, and then various places around the state, but the vast majority of them in, in Madison and uh, Milwaukee. Um, we have uh, something like two and a half million square feet that the state of Wisconsin either owns or leases from the private sector. Um, Many of those are, these are just office complexes. Um, So places people are supposed to be reporting to work. Um, What the study showed, and and I've been pushing about this issue during the the campaign in 22, finally the uh, legislature um, requested an, a, uh, a, uh, a report be done. And, and what came out of that report was that really, at best, um, the state could identify maybe a third of the space being used. Maybe. Oh, my gosh. It, it, um, it found that, you know, of that two and a half million, they actually went uh, and looked at the key card usage. And so, you know, sort of get kind of past the wonky thing here, right? How do you know somebody goes into a state office building? Well, when you sign on as an employee of the state, the vast majority of the individuals who work for the state, they get a key card. That key card is unique to that person, and it's what allows them to go past the public space in the building, the spaces you and I can go to, to get to the workspace in the building. And so when you use that, it's it's signaling that, you know, Meg Ellison went into the building at this time. Meg Ellison went through this door at that time. Um, if you're parking underneath the building, there's another, you know, you're using your key card to get down um, into that parking, right? So all these things tell you whether or not uh, state employees are using the space. What was um, intriguing was they, they really, like, not only did they look at the key card analysis, but they had over a 100 and... 22 people who never once from January through June of 2023 never used the key card a single time. So just point blank, never, never made it to the building at all. They have um, folks that got agreements that said that they could work hybrid, right? So, um, you know, some people that would only come. What they found was, the state had put no mechanism in place to evaluate whether or not people were living up to the agreements they had. Only a small fraction have these agreements, by the way. Other people have no agreement whatsoever and simply aren't coming. And then when they checked, the average person was using their key card something like 1.3 days a week out of the five-day uh, work week. Okay, 1.3 um, so again, you're finding that um, there's so little use of the space. So, so that's the key card level. 
you then say, well, okay, well, what happens if you lost your key card? Maybe somebody opened the door for you. Maybe there were several of you who all went in. Maybe several of you all went out. And so maybe you didn't register that day on the key card, um, you know, the FOB use here, right? Well, then they did a second thing. So from January to June, they, they studied the key card usage. They then sent a team of people from the Legislative Audit Bureau. This is the, this is the um, sort of the auditors for the legislature, right? They go on, they do these reports. So they sent a team of people into four um, selected buildings, four selected state office buildings, just to see um, personally how many of the workstations were being used. So they sent them through those four buildings, um, and they personally then counted the number of workstations and then um, identified the number of workstations that had somebody there. Um, of that, they then went uh, through 15 different departments in those four buildings, and they found that um, at best the Office of Commissioner Insurance had just about a third of their people who were actually at a workstation working in person. It rapidly declined from there. Um, and so you, you will love to know that um, Department of Public Instruction, which we all know, um, you know, how, how valuable they've been, right? You would think with the crisis that we're having, with all the conversation we've had about all of the, um, of the learning loss that our kids have suffered across the entire state, you would think the people who would be at work every day trying to figure this out, how we get our kids not only um, back up to where they were, but moving forward. No, no, that group of people from the Department of Public Instruction, according to the report by the Legislative Audit Bureau, only 5.3%, only 5.3% of all the workstations for Department of Public Instruction were actually used, which would tell you that like 94.7% of the workstations they have that you and I and everybody else are paying for were empty. And they didn't just go on one time, Meg. They didn't just show up like one time randomly and, hey, if you didn't get counted, you know. No, they went uh, a total of six times across all of these same spaces, across these four buildings they had selected. They went six times across all four. And of those occasions, they still only came up with um, a use of 5.3% of the workstations. Uh, and then, not to be outdone, uh, Meg, the, the, the Higher Education Approval Board, and these are the folks that are supposed to be there to help uh, make sure our kids uh, or our, our young adults are getting, um, they're getting uh, scholarship assistance, they're getting uh, financial aid assistance. That office had literally zero across the six visits, had zero people using workstation. Nobody. Gosh. That's really maddening, isn't it? I mean, so which, which uh, you know, when you look at, um, I mean, how uh, taking DPI as an example. So if, if there aren't, if the uh, state employees aren't even showing up for work and, yep. uh, and we are having, we have these, dismal proficiency rates in the public schools you have to wonder well so who are we going to hold 
accountable for that. I mean, granted, I mean, the individual students are either achieving or not achieving. However, isn't what's what's the definition of the Department of Public Instruction if not to ensure proficiency rates that are uh, better than they are, at least in Wisconsin, to begin with? And, and education so important to the people of Wisconsin from the very founding of this state that um, public instruction was was written into uh, the Constitution for the state of Wisconsin. So this has been, uh, you know, this is a group that has been tasked with ensuring, uh, you know, proficiency and performance of our students um, since the very beginning, and yet they have continued to fail. And, and as I say, you would think they'd actually be showing up to work eager to do something about it, given all the learning loss we've we've documented our kids have gone through. And it, it's not just a Milwaukee issue. It's not just a Wausau. This is statewide, rural, suburban, urban. Um, they've documented learning loss. And yet we're paying for an entire department where um, the vast majority of people don't come to work. Now, somebody listening to this show, clearly not a conservative, but somebody listening to the show might say, well, but, you know, they're sure, they're working at home. And and I to that, I would say, well, maybe they are and maybe they aren't, because uh, here's the other thing about it. The state has no way to monitor, A, whether or not people are living up to these agreements that some fraction of the staff signed about how often they'd be in the office. Um, there is no way to monitor um, whether or not um, the work is getting accomplished. We've gone through, um, in several departments, these enormous backlogs of public work that needed to be done. Um, you, you'll remember that... Uh, uh, you know, people were waiting for their professional licenses. You know, you can't, there are many um, areas of Wisconsin um, employment where you can't work unless you've got a professional license through the state of Wisconsin. The department that's responsible for that uh, uh, safety and professional services, they simply were not processing. Uh, there's a tremendous backlog, months and months worth of backlog. Now, they've said that they've made progress on that. And yet they, too, had a, a very small fraction of their staff actually coming and working on site. Uh, and so here again, time and time, we're, we're paying taxes that are extraordinary, and yet we're not getting extraordinary service uh, for the people of Wisconsin. So, so part of this is we, we definitely need to hold accountable our own uh, members of the legislature. And as we're, we're going through all this redistricting and all these conversations, we definitely want to make sure conservatives continue to hold the majority, to hold uh, a check on this governor. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we are letting our legislators know we expect them to reduce costs where common sense should prevail. Most businesses, um, and you see this with a lot of um, larger firms, they have long since reduced the amount of uh, office space they're using. And developers in, uh, you know, across the states have been converting these office buildings into housing, which, by the way, we desperately need in the state. There are any number of these buildings that could be converted to housing uh, that would give us more places for our people to live, Affordable more choices housing. for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But would also get this back on the, on the tax rolls. You know, right now we are paying utilities. 
maintenance and insurance on empty buildings. God, just oh, it boggles the mind. You know, a couple things as you were chatting, I was thinking, Will Martin, that this is sort of a Rand Paul like uh, report that, or uh, I guess conversation that you and I are having about government waste, fraud, and abuse. And he, I think I mentioned this the last time, is Rand Paul, Senator Paul, puts out a festivist report of government waste every year. And then the other thing that occurred to me is that why doesn't Will Martin run for the legislature? Gosh, I mean, is is this something that you could see? I mean, obviously, you have have a great amount of passion about eliminating and ending government waste. Um, is this something that you could see as a role of a lieutenant governor or, say, a governor? It's in the absolutely the reason. In fact, I cared about this so passionately um, uh, in 22 that we actually cut a commercial on this, um, this very issue. And, um, you know, I, I was talking about this long before uh, the legislature or our, our other candidates statewide um, were talking about it. I think the lieutenant governor's office is a perfect place. Um, you know, it serves, it's, it's separately elected right through the primary process mm -hmm. and then is on the ticket with the governor. Um, you know, when I ran, I was the only one in that race who had actually served in two administrations, the last two Republican administrations, for Tommy Thompson and for Scott Walker. And I've been in these departments. And so I know the overlap and uh, the waste above and beyond. The, the, the buildings are sort of the easy thing to pick out. We've got, you know, five departments that all do um, largely the same thing. So there's so much overlap. Um, you know, I, I, would, I would venture to guess that many of your listeners don't know that we have 39 agencies, 39 state agencies for a population of under 6 million people. That's, uh, well, and how many, I mean, pick out a couple of juicy ones, would you, that are, are really unnecessary or maybe duplicates? Well, so uh, so I'll give you an example even on, you know, uh, I've heard so many people talk about economic development. And everybody wants to see, you know, I, I'm, I'm particularly passionate about wanting to see our rural and suburban areas uh, be able to grow as well. I don't think you should have to move to one of our major cities or, God forbid, outside the state to be able to get um, a good-paying job, et cetera. And there are lots of jobs around the state. But we, we, we see so much more of our economic uh, investment going to the major cities in the state. I'd, I'd like to see there be more across the board. And, and so who, you know, who argues against having more economic development? Of course, the state can be a part of that. But we've, we've sort of gone a little haywire here. Um, so we've got... Um, Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. People will know that that, that agency's had problems over the years about sort of giving money away um, and, and not always having um, uh, great results coming out of that. Um, then in, in addition to that, you've got the Wisconsin Housing and Economic Development Authority, WIDA, okay, Wisconsin Housing and Economic Development Authority. They were literally in the same building, floors apart. So um, both both agencies doing economic development. Well, then, um, you know, if you go over to the Department of Administration, there's a floor and a half of people who um, work in the Division of Energy, Housing, and Community Relations. Those folks also, what, what do they do? They finance uh, economic development. 
um, and housing, just like WIDA finances economic development and housing. Um, so then you say, well, okay, well, the, also there's the, um, uh, vet, uh, the um, Veterans Affairs. Well, why would you bring that up? Well, because then they have programs that are for economic development that are only specifically for veterans. Um, well, then you go to the ag, um, to debt cap, right? Um, uh, uh, ag uh, trade and consumer protection, right? And so what would be going on over there? Well, they have a program for rural economic development. So it's just we have all – and everybody's well-meaning, but nobody sat down to think about what is the, what is the Wisconsin taxpayer actually getting? When you've got that many different places in state government, you would think we would be bursting with economic development when we've got five different agencies all doing it. And yet, who are you supposed to call if you, in fact, needed to call from a a department uh, or from a a municipality or from a major corporation when it comes down? It's like they can't walk and chew gum at the same time. (laughs) I mean, you know I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I would I would actually say if I were one of those government employees, I would be like, wow, I just want some variety in my job. So give me more to do. Um, make make my role within this department broader so that I can have some diversity of responsibilities. Well, Meg, you wouldn't last long in state government. So. <laughs> oh, I know. So, I know. But, but- but when you say about you know using the lieutenant governor's office, I think this is um, you know uh, Senator Proxmire he used to have the Golden Fleece Award right here in Wisconsin, and and he would look at the federal government and the waste at that level. I think being able to help uh, a new administration uh, coming in and helping create a uh, truly conservative budget that really begins to cut out um, all this redundancy slims it down so people know exactly what they're doing and who do you call if you're looking for X. Um, And then really get down to the number of buildings and the number of employees that we really should be having at the state level. Government, and I think as conservatives we can all agree, government is just simply trying to do too much. Uh, And unfortunately, it it can't do everything. It's not designed to do everything. Um, And we should not allow it to do everything for us okay so we're sort of out of time but i want to ask you another question before i let you go Uh, with regard to um well your column that you wrote on this topic with wisconsin Wisconsin, published on wisconsin right now what kind of reaction did you get and i mean do you have confidence that if there were legislation that was taken up by the well, presumably by a Republican, that it would find bipartisan support and be signed into law by our governor veto? Yeah, I um, I will tell you that, that first, in terms of response, I had over 10,000 people um, access the article uh, in the first 24 hours. So it was, it was phenomenal. Um, people, people want their money to be used well, and they want to know when there's something wrong. On the flip side, the legislature has still not even had a hearing on the report that was issued. They're still working on scheduling that. So this is back in December. 
Um, and by the way, they put the report out on a Friday af- um, afternoon evening. Of course. Um, so, of course, and they put it out um, toward the holidays so that, again, you know, people would be out doing their Christmas shopping and the rest and not paying attention to this. So, um, you know, one of the reasons I'm still on this crusade is I think people have got to know and thank you to, to, to people like you who are helping facilitate the word getting out. And I got to tell you, I, I know we got to wrap this up. But there's more at the UW system. There's more um, of this waste that I will be writing about. um, And I would love to come back and and talk to you about that as well. Any time. In fact, that was going to be, you read my mind. So, yes, we will pick. I mean, it's obviously not, not the most uplifting conversation or not the most uplifting news. But the first step towards a resolution is making people aware of it so that we can, you know, identify, hey, there's a huge, glaring problem. Let's come up with a solution. And uh, thank God you're on it, Will Martin. I'm so <laughs> grateful for, well, for all that you're doing and your passion for this particular, uh, well, I mean, this particular role that's needed. And I think that with with a watchdog like you, I don't think uh, our legislature is going to get away with it. So thank you for joining me this thank morning. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, too. And uh, maybe we can, well, if, if there's time um next week uh well i'll I'll connect with you and, and i mean when when do you anticipate the column is going to come out i don't want to preempt it yeah so i i'm going to be um finalizing the report because there's some there's there's some additional um additional wrinkles past the state report um there was a new report that was put out there's some things that have happened since that report um so i'm waiting to incorporate some of those uh issues as well um so i'd say stay tuned but you okay. know i I've been talking to you weekly, so we're going to make sure that people know um, what else is going on uh, with our uh, university system. And they say, like, from the Scooby-Doo cartoon, I would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for you meddling Will Martins. <laughs> Will and Meg. Oh, we're driving, there we go. We're driving the new mystery machine. <laughs> That's the team. That's yeah. the team right, All right there. Well, hey, thanks again for joining me. Such a pleasure to talk with you. Keep up the great work, and I know we'll chat and, and get something set up for soon to come back. That's awesome. Thanks, Will. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Going to the 1030-ish news and followed by your calls. Here will be your opportunity to weigh in on this morning's topics. 715-845-2155 after this on WSAU. 